All right, we are live. And Andy, did you, uh, I'm doing this all wrong, but welcome to, uh, once again, three dudes talking sports, three people talking sports, because eventually I will have some, some women will be joining us to, to talk these talk sports. Andy, did you retweet it and, and all that stuff and do what you do and say that we're live and all that kind of stuff? Because you're good at that. <laughs> I'm about, to, I'm doing my we're live tweet right now, actually, as we're okay. doing this. Cool. I, I did retweet it. All right, so I'm Chris Gardner of the Houston Round Bar Review. Joining me once again is Willie Gibson, journalist, whose main beat, I guess his main beat is covering the Ohio State University. And yep. Andy Yanez, youngster, young colleague with the community newspaper, started his job this week. You got to talk about that too, man, uh, your, your, your oh, new yeah. job, how, how it's gone for you. But first, sure. first, tweet out, Andy. Make sure you tweet it out, okay? Let me know that you, you press send. I'm giving you a chance. I'm giving one particular person, Mr. Andre A.J. Jones of the lunch break, <laughs> KYOK. You're going to get the proof that I do okay when it comes to singing. So, A.J., I hope you're watching. If not, you can uh, watch the, you know, I'll send you the link on the YouTube channel and you can watch it or on Facebook because, you know, Got to broad, broaden the horizons and reach more audience. So Facebook, my Facebook page for the Houston Round Bar Review, as well as on YouTube at Houston Round Bar Review. <clears throat> Here we go. You know, the folks who were at my sister's birthday party last Saturday got a taste of it. My sister called me out, wanted me to sing, sing a song, Can You Stand the Rain from New Edition song. I'm sure it's older than Andy. I think it's probably <laughs> older than Andy. Uh, honestly. So... Uh, Oh wow! What year did it come out, Will? In the nineties, wow. right? Wow, so, nineties, yeah, definitely nineties. Early, early, early nineties. Yeah. So yeah, um, way before my time. <laughs> see, see you right there. See you right there. <laughs> well, that's why you're here, man. That's why you're part of the show to, to add the younger generation to it. All right, here we go, man. <clears throat> on a perfect day, I know that I can count on you. When that's not possible, tell me, can you weather a storm? I see, Will, you supposed to chime in and do the Ralph part right there, you know. No, no, bro, no. <laughs> you got it. You got it. Good. <laughs> so, yeah, so there we go. So I hope people are tuned in right there. And I'm, I I got lyrics to one of my favorite songs that I may chime in toward the end of the show. But uh, my man, Ethan Lewis, may he rest in peace. But let's get into it. Uh, I think Hawk Sixers has started. Yeah. So we're going to talk about that as well. How do you want to do it, man? We're going to just talk basketball, live tweet stuff, or live discuss as the game goes on. But let's just talk about the, the crater job blowing a 26-point lead that Philadelphia did in game five to now trail this series three games to two. What are your thoughts, Will, on the – on the crater, whose fault is it? Is it everybody's fault? Is it one particular player's fault? Is it Doc Rivers' fault? The whole coaching staff's fault? Daryl Morey's fault? Whose fault is it? What do, you, what do you say? Will? Oh, Will's frozen. Oh, he's, he's got frozen. a rim already. <laughs> so I wonder why, I wonder why he, had, he had moved. Yet. <laughs> so, okay. okay, Andy. Well, I didn't even it's read on you then. Frozen. So, yeah. So, so what, what say you? Oh, Philadelphia, Philadelphia. Doc Rivers, Doc Rivers, and see, we're going back to 
I was talking to a couple of people during the week about how some people just seem cursed. Uh, you talk about Chris Paul, who just he had his health uh, complication. The Clippers looks like they're they're on the verge again. Can they finally do it? Can they get to the conference finals? And they it looks like they're gonna might lose Kawhi for the playoffs uh, with whatever his knee injury is. And then Doc Rivers, multiple teams he's coached had three one leads. Haven't been able to finish a series against the Hawks, and not necessarily that's the case, but up big at home against an Atlanta Hawks team that, I mean, really, some people didn't even pick them to get past the Knicks. Us. And, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, us. Um, right, yeah. Led by a young superstar. Well, he's not a superstar. Yeah, a long, uh, young star and Trey Young overcome that huge deficit and beat Philadelphia in their home court. I mean, there's not much you can say. And really, Philadelphia, with their two stars, Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid, and, and Joel Embiid's in a bit of a interesting spot. Obviously, he's dealing with his injury, too. Ben Simmons has become an, a hack of Simmons, which is so unusual to see from uh, anyone that's not a huge center. I, obviously, with, with the Rockets, they always used to do it to Dwight Howard. Not, you're not used to seeing that with Ben Simmons. Uh, I mean... You know, when, when you blow that big of a lead, the blame's got to go around everyone. You can't just blame the coach. You can't just blame the players. It's both. You got to execute, but you got to make adjustments, too. And whatever Philly did, they failed to do both. Didn't get in that game five. And right now, Atlanta, Atlanta's kind of bringing it to them. Well, whose fault is it? You know, it's easy to blame Doc Rivers. It's, you know, what, 10 times, I believe? Yep. He's lost mm-hmm. a series. As coach, when this team held a series lead, um, so it's easy to say, "Oh, it's Doc, it's Doc, it's Doc," and some of it, as Andy said, does lay at his feet. Um, the, Tobias Harris, for one, for me in Game Five, four points. Where, where is he? Where was he? You know, I don't, I don't understand his his deal on on Wednesday night. Um, Joel Embiid and. Um, the second player, only two players scored in the second half or, or made baskets. Seth Curry. Seth goals. Curry, yeah. Seth Curry. Seth Curry. Seth Curry and, and Joel Embiid, the only two players on a 15-man roster who make field goals in the second half of a playoff game at home. That I mean, it's, it's a lot of blame to go around. A lot of blame to go around. So, Doc, yeah, and you mentioned, I heard you, Chris, uh, well – I'll, I'll leave it there. You probably be mentioning, you know, who you think, but it, it, it has to be a round robin of, of blame. I know that's like, it seems like a cop out answer, but everybody's responsible. I, I mean, I, I think there's a blame to go around. Ben Simmons scored, I think, made two free throws in the second half, no field goals. He attempted one field goal in the fourth quarter. I think zero field goals in the third quarter. He played 20 minutes in the second half of game five and took one shot. Was he afraid he was going to get fouled? Is that why he didn't attack the basket? Is that why he did He did nothing to help his team on offense. But I also blame Doc Rivers for playing Ben Simmons 20 minutes, mm-hmm. for allowing Ben, for allowing Hacker Ben to become mm-hmm. a strategy. Ben was four for 14 from mm-hmm. the line. You know, there comes a point where yeah, you got it. You want to trust your player. He's going to make him. He's going to make him. 
but there has to come a point where you realize he is not helping your team. He's not making his free throws and it's hurting the team. And it's also giving the opponent confidence and helping them come back. So why didn't Shake Milton get more minutes? Somebody else to, to share the load with Seth Curry and Joel Embiid. You know, Joel Embiid's knee is an issue. I think his stamina is an issue. Second half, you're seeing he struggled to make shots in the second half of the last, last two games. So everybody has to share some blame in, in that loss. And they are losing now by nine to the Hawks. I, I said earlier on KYOK that some way, somehow, I picked the Sixers to come, just come somehow win this game, force a game seven. But I honestly believe they were broken mentally broken after game five so it would not surprise me if they lose tonight game six and get waxed just just get wrong just you know run out of the gym because i think their confidence in each other their confidence in doc the staff took a huge blow blowing that lead in game five and that's a problem that means you need to make changes yeah that was my question that was the question I had. So what changes do you make? Is Simmons, do you get Simmons out of there? Well, I mean, what do you, at this point, I mean, do you get, even if you want to get him and you want to move him, do you get value after this playoff performance? I, I don't know. Well, if he has a poor game six, you, you really have to decide, you know, Maury in the front office have to decide what they're willing to accept for him. Because if his game has not improved, and it hasn't, if he's unwilling to add to his game, improve his game, you know, if he can't get to the rim, his mid-range game is not good, his three-point game is not good, his free-throw shooting is not good. So you get to that point, I think you should just decide, okay, what can we get for him? You know, it's... Joel Embiid hasn't yet, but if Joel Embiid goes to the front office and says, look, I'm man on this team. Ben Simmons and I don't fit. So mm -hmm. Ben needs to go. If, if, if our goal as a franchise is to win NBA championship, Ben needs to go. You know, I mean, look at what Ben Simmons, he's getting, he has gotten by so far, thus far in his career. On his natural ability yep he has not worked on his game he mm -hmm. has not improved his game and at some point as a franchise that's a problem if your second player star player the hope foundation core of your franchise is unwilling or unable to add to his game you need to let him go because he's, he's hurting the franchise. So, you know, that's where I stand on that. I had, um, I was, you know, guest with David Grubb yesterday on the lunch break with KYK and, you know, David, New Orleans base, Louisiana base. So he saw Ben Simmons at LSU and he said Ben Simmons was a problem at LSU. He thought he was better than he was then unwilling to improve his working this game then you couldn't tell him anything if that's still the case 
you gotta just accept your losses and, and move on. And I feel like this. Oh, so go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, go ahead. Go ahead, Will. Yeah, I, I feel the same conversation and the same statement that I made last week on Giannis, and and I'll preface this by saying, by no means, I am not anti-player. I'm not anti getting paid. Get your money. Get your money. If it's offered, sign it. But Ben Simmons is already a match player. And the same thing with Giannis. What's the incentive now to work on your game? You've already cashed out. You've already matched player. Pride. We say we want to win championships. But championship players don't go 4 for 14 in the playoff game from the line. Championship players don't shoot one time in the second half. I mean, even if you're missing shots, you put pressure on You make Atlanta's defense have to think about it or adjust or something. But to go out there and not take a shot in the fourth quarter, that's crazy. And But, again, what's the incentive? I'm in the league. I'm a max player. Why do I have to work on my game? I think pride is a, is a, is a, is a key because – you know, once you got the checks, once you're paid and, and all those things, it is pride. It, it has to be pride. And many elite players, championship players have that pride, mm-hmm. have that pride and, and that drive to want to get better every summer. And not everybody does. That's what separates them from everybody else. If Ben Simmons is one of those folks who just is accepting getting paid, and is unwilling to improve in the summer, that's who he is. Okay, that's what he wants to be. I don't want him on my team. So Agreed. it's up to the Sixers to, if that's what they decide, then let him go. Trade him somewhere, accept that you're not going to get max value for him in return. But in the end, is that a problem for you? If he's unwilling to improve, could be addition by subtraction. I think you want yeah. players on your, on your team who want to get better in the summer who are who have pride and want to improve who are not just collecting a check that's what i think i would want so it's on ben simmons and, and you think he would be being a clutch sports guy a rich paul guy, uh, for lack of conversation a lebron guy i mean for him to be in that circle and to perform the way he's performed not just this year but Throughout his career, as David said, LSU and not improve is a lot of questions there. A lot of questions. And Andy, I'm gonna go to you with this. I don't. I'm not a fan of Giannis's game. His game has holes. But Game Six, he was aggressive. He didn't go a quarter without taking a shot. You didn't have to wonder, yo, Giannis, man, do something. Yo, Giannis, do something on offense. He was attacking. That's all he knows. You know, he he didn't have a great low post game or anything like that. But he made things happen for his teammates. I think Ben also only had four assists in, in game five. Okay, that's a problem, too. I mean, I, we all know that part of getting assists is your teammates making shots. I mean, that's part of it, too. But, but still, Giannis was much more aggressive than Ben Simmons. And that's part of it. What do you say about that? At least be aggressive. If you're going to lose, be aggressive. Yeah, I agree. You hit it right in the nail. <clears throat> and kind of to 
I believe it was Chris Paul who said it last in last postseason, or I <laughs> quoted Chris Paul. Some people are built for it, some people are not. And when you, when you see Giannis and the way he attacks and prepares for games, you can tell that he's not just doing lip service. He wants the moment. He wants to win an NBA championship, and um, sometimes he might be limited with his game and what the stuff he can do and the way other teams play him. With Ben Simmons, and it, it's it's much more different because he's not the number one guy. But I agree. I mean, at, at some point, you got to say, you know what? If stuff isn't going down, give me the ball, at least attack. And you see Joel Embiid, he's playing through that partial meniscus tear, and he's putting up numbers. I mean, if you are playing next to him, and that's still not enough to get you motivated to keep improving the offseason, I mean, I don't know what else can. And, and I think that's the a, that's a issue for Philly. Okay, first quarter stats. Ben Simmons picked up two fouls in five minutes, was one for two from the floor tonight in those five minutes. One rebound, no assists. Joel Embiid, two for seven from the floor. Philly was 10 for 26 in the first quarter from the floor, two for nine from three-point range. Cork uh, Miles was 0 for two from three. Matisse Thibault was 0 for two from three. Shake Milton was 0 for 1. Seth Curry was 2 for 3. Joel Embiid was 0 for 1 from 3. 2 for 6 from 2. So that's a that's an issue. For the Hawks, Trey Young, 4 for 6 from the floor, 1 three-pointer, 2 for 3 from the line. Trey had 11 points in the first quarter. Kevin Herter had 6 points in the first quarter. Hawks lead 29-22 at the end of the first quarter. Hawks shot 12 for 21 from the floor in that first quarter. Two for six. Two for six from the three-point line. Three for seven from the foul line. Hmm. Clint Capella's part of that. Clint went over two from the line. So um, Hawks up seven. They're 36 minutes away from getting to the Eastern Conference Finals and uh, making the Sixers have to decide what they're going to do in the offseason. I don't believe Doc Rivers is in trouble. Go ahead. Yeah, I was going to say one thing that st- stands out to me, just looking at the box score, Philadelphia only has one free throw for that first quarter. And that's another thing. You're talking about being aggressive. I mean, this <laughs> winner go home. You got to be more more in attack mode. And and that's, that's on the players. Okay. The coaches can prepare you, get you a game plan. When the game starts, especially the first quarter, it's on the players to be aggressive. A coach cannot make you be aggressive. A coach can tell you, hey, we gotta hit him in the mouth tonight. We gotta, we gotta come out fighting, we gotta come out running. The players gotta do that. So Sixers started uh cut it to four now early in the second quarter. So maybe they're showing some life. And we'll be I'm kind of curious to see what they do without Ben Simmons. If he stays in foul trouble, what will they do with him on the bench? They might do pretty might well. Might be better. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Right. I have a question. I have a question, and I I don't know. I'll say this. I'm not asking this because I already have an answer in my mind. I'm thinking about it as I ask it. Who do you pair with Embiid? Ben Simmons clearly isn't it. So who do you pair with Embiid? A point guard. You can keep Seth Curry in in the lineup because Seth is a three-point shooter and spaces the floor. But but someone who can at least – this is not going to happen, 
but someone like Chris Paul, someone who can get his, mm -hmm. but also gets his teammates involved as well. You know, someone like that. Ben Simmons ain't that. You know, you need somebody who can settle down the team when things are shaky, all that. He can run the offense, get everybody on the same page, dictate where they need to be on the floor and on offense. If things aren't working as a team, he'll get it done himself and get you buckets. Somebody like that. Didn't didn't Philly cherry for George Hill? They did. George Hill is struggling. <laughs> yeah, he is. You know, he George is. Hill, young George Hill was was effective. Right. I don't know what he is right now. Let's see. He's played eight minutes tonight. Um, 0 for 1 from the line. He's got one assist. He got two steals, though. He's got he's a plus 10 plus minus in his eight minutes. It's a two point okay. game now. 29-27. So Sixers are making Five a run, run with with Ben Simmons on the bench. <laughs> And, you, you know, know Chris, Chris what, go ahead. I'm gonna go ahead and throw in another name. What do you think about Bradley Beal? How would that pairing go, Bradley mm -hmm. Beal and Joel Embiid? Mm, it, it, I think it could work. I don't believe Wizards will trade Bradley Beal to the same conference unless you give them, you know, a king's ransom. But uh, I don't think Brad wants to leave the Wizards. I think. He's going to try to make – plus, I think Brad will have a lot to say in who, who the new coach was going to be, which gets me to my next mm -hmm. topic. we got seven openings in the NBA right now coaching Boston, Dallas, Indiana, New Orleans, Orlando, Portland, and Washington. Of those seven, who do you think is – which team is the best job for, a new, for the next head coach? Hmm. Why wow, y'all giving this a lot of thought? You, you, I would, would also think Boston, right? <laughs> you would think it's Dallas. Boston and Dallas. You would think Dallas, and the yeah, reason it's Boston. Oh, good. Go ahead, no, y'all. We got yeah. here. Go ahead, Andy. I'll, I was I was between those two. Obviously, I feel like those two are the clear cuts above all the other jobs. And the reason I, I didn't pick Boston is. Luka Doncic, I feel, has like the higher ceiling that now why it's a, it's a toss-up, or not even the higher ceiling, but so far he's shown that he's more versatile and stuff. But when it comes to the Mavericks, now there are reports coming that Luka Doncic is unhappy. And that whole situation blew up in less than a week and with how everything fell apart. So mm, that's why I'm a little up in the air when you got to Boston. They're certainly in a different situation. Uh it's interesting to see the role that Brad Stevens took over. But they have Jason Tatum, who's another – has potential superstar status to be one of those top ten players in the league. So I think those two are and, and the worker destinations. And yeah, Jalen Brown, that's right. I forgot because of the injury. Because of the injury. That's right, Jalen Brown. Yeah, if he returns to his form say. after injury, Brown and Tatum, I think Boston is the, the top of these seven. I think they're the top choice. And then Luka – Dallas with Luca. Luca is not going to turn down that two hundred million dollar extension. He's, you know, he's he's not going to do that. Which puts it on Cuban. Now Dirk Nowitzki, who is a consultant mm -hmm. for the coach and GM, it, it's it's on them to surround Luca with better talent. You know, Luca's great. Luca's talented, but Luca cannot win by himself. There is there is no 
elite player that has won by himself. I don't care how great MJ was. He had Pippen. He had Horace. He had Dennis Rodman, Steve Kerr, Ron Harper. That's part of that's what championship teams are. You have a you have an alpha male, a you know, a lead bucket getter. But you need guys to be the glue guys. You need guys to be the defensive people. You need guys to be the rebounders. You need other guys to make clutch shots. You know, Mike did win a championship without Scottie Pippen. He won six, but Pippen was with, with him all the time. <laughs> you know. So Akeem Olajuwon won one too. He was great most of his career. But he didn't win those titles without without help. Without Sam Cassell, Clyde, Kenny Smith, Robert Ory, Vernon Maxwell at one year. Kareem Magic, Shaq, Kobe, LeBron, D. Wade, Chris Bosh, Steph, Clay, Draymond, KD. Teams win championships. And that, let me, yeah, let me get on that. We'll get back to the, the rest of the list in a second. What are your thoughts on this? Is my take on this. Mm-hmm. I think too many folks in media allow themselves to think like fans and get all on on the superstar train and it as if it's only superstars win championships mm-hmm. i don't i don't believe that teams win championships you know and and here this is this is for will specifically because andy uh, you know you're 21 right correct okay this is for you will and you chime in afterwards well, what are your what are your thoughts on those folks in media who like to spew out? Well, you know, if Mike had not have gone away, the Rockets would not have won those two championships. Uh, it's like it's what you said. It's it's what you said. Media turns into fandom at certain points, and it's crazy because uh, no. No, Michael was done. He said, if the man himself, you hearing the man himself say, I was done. Had he come back those two years? He he wasn't he he wasn't equipped to for the grind to win. He came back, he came back one of those years and lost to Orlando. Exactly. (laughs) Folks forgot that. You know what, Chris, I'm glad you brought that up. And this is my thing with 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 MJ fans, period. Mike played 15 years, but according to them. He only played six. Yes. He played the six years that he won the championship, and that's it. Oh, my gosh. That's a problem. He, was, he never made it out the first round. People talk about, oh, he scored 63 in the Garden. That was a closeout game. They got swept. They got yes. swept yes. in that series. They lost that game. They, they lost, lost that, game. that game. They lost that game. Thank you. But, no, people forget the, the finals against Seattle when, when Michael went five for 19. And Scotty had to take over and win a game. We don't talk about those things, but we we, we see the six. We get six, and you know we get that. But it's like let's talk in totality. He played fifteen years. Never mind the two years in Washington, let alone the the seven years in Chicago. He didn't win. We don't. They act as though the two years in right. Washington don't even exist. So, yeah, it's to answer your question. It's, yeah, no, 
it's not automatic that he comes back or if he doesn't leave, he wins eight straight. And it's, hyper, it's hyperbole. It's, it's, it's something it, it, to talk about. It, it is. And folks, media, media, and I get back to media, with, to add to your point. <clears throat> Mike's first six years in the league, there were people questioning if he was a team player to lead a team to a championship. Mm-hmm. People, and that's because of the Pistons were smacking them around, and they're like, well, Mike doesn't have enough help. Can Mike win it all? Can Mike lead a team to a championship? That was the talk Mike's first six years in the NBA. Then he, he wins one, then another one, another one. He got help. He got help from his teammates. Mm-hmm. And this is like the first six years didn't even happen. It I mean, just like disappeared, and he, he just – his NBA career began when he won his first championship. Right. And I'm not, I'm not stupid. I'm not hating on Mike. Mike was a hell of a player. We all know that. Hmm. But take his entire career in total. Don't forget about before the six and then after the six. There's no one in the NBA who's Bill Russell the closest to win a championship every year that they played in the NBA. That is hard to do. Kobe played 20 years, won five championships. What, what happened in the other 15 years? Right. He still played, but he did not win championships. You know, it's, it's, it's amazing how media seems to have selective memory when it comes to these things. So you know, that's what, and I, it, it, it really pisses me off, say it's on a live stream here on, on YouTube channel, <laughs> how some folks, I mean, I remember reading people in media would argue me down. Oh, the Bulls would have won eight straight. How do you know that? Mike could have broke his foot again. Mike could have torn his ACL again. Mike, a whole lot of stuff could have happened in those two years, literally one year, because he came back. He could have gotten the flu. I mean, food poisoning again. I'll <laughs> yeah, leave that there. A whole bunch of stuff could have happened. You know, fans talk about if, 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 if. Media should not be doing that. Don't talk. Media, we should be doing dealing with facts and reality and what happens, what we see, report what we see, report what we hear, what we know. Don't get into the, this what if stuff. What if? Because what if I could put on my, my Detroit Piston hat? What if the Pistons were a minute away from winning three in a row? With that, as in the Piston eyes, that phantom foul called against Bill and Beard against Kareem the, the first time the Pistons made the, the NBA Finals. Folks will talk about that. But oh, the Bulls this, the Bulls out, Mike this, Mike that. No, I mean, come on, folks. We know Mike was great, but he wasn't perfect. He didn't Thank he you. didn't win 15, 15 seasons, right? Well, 15. 15. Six, 15. six rings. That means nine yep. times he didn't win a ring. Yep. Okay. Nine more than six. Thank you. And the, to the folks who talk about it's all about the ring. Bill Russell has eleven. Robert Oy has seven. One more time. Robert Oy has seven. Seven's more than six. Thank you. So if it's all about the ring, are you going to sit there and tell me Robert Ory is better than Mike? Hell no. 
But that's what folks, they, it's all about the ring. It's all about this. Okay. Robert Oi won seven. Put him in the Hall of Fame. Robert Oi is not Please. a Hall of Fame player. I know Rudy, Rudy T, he's believed Robert should be in the Hall of Fame. I disagree. But once again, Robert Orr has more rings than Mike. Robert Orr has more rings than Kobe, more rings than Shaq, more rings than Tim Duncan, more rings than, than Isaiah Thomas, more rings than Joe Dumars, more rings than a lot of folks. But Robert Orr is not better than any of them. More rings than LeBron, D-Wade, on, on, and on. But Robert Orr is not better than any of those players. So miss me with that. It's all about the ring talk. Is Robert better than Charles Barkley? No. Robert better than Carl Malone? No. Robert Bennett, Patrick Ewing? No. Robert Oy was in a great no. was in a position to be on great teams with great big men who could pass out to give him those open threes, which he knocked down. That's part of his job. But Robert Oy, big shot Rob is not better than Mike because he got seven rings and Mike has six. All right, I'm looking at the score here. Hawks are up five, 39-34. Mm-hmm. Let's, let's Hawks- get back to the... Go ahead. I think Hawks went on like a, yeah, I'm the, I'm doing double duty. Hawks went kind of went like on a 10-2 run when Ben Simmons checked in. Well, <laughs> well imagine that. You know, mm. and we're critical of Ben Simmons because I think he does, he has deserve he deserves it. It's also if Ben Simmons is hurting the team tonight, then don't play Ben Simmons. He's still gonna get paid regardless. <laughs> that, that, that's not that's not in question. I'm as head coach, we're trying to win, Ben. We're trying to win game six to get to game seven. And if you're not helping us do that, then I'm sitting your butt down. If you don't like that, we'll deal with that tomorrow. But we're trying to win game six. If that's Shake Milton, if, if that's Tyrese Maxey. We're trying to win game six. It's my job as head coach to get put the five on the floor that I believe will help us win game six. And Ben, if you're not part of that five, you're not going to play. Thoughts? Totally, totally agree. Without question. Without question. You got to win. It's win or go home. It's cliche as but it's true. You win, or oh, that's it. It's play. It's it's exit interviews tomorrow. You want to practice? <laughs> you want to have an exit interview? I'm serious. I mean, that's what it is. That's what it that's, is. That's that's serious. Okay, let's run down the other two. We got Boston, Dallas as the top two job openings. Where would you rank Portland among those seven? Hmm. Probably third. Okay. All right, who be last of those seven? We got four left: Indiana, New Orleans, Orlando, Washington. New Orleans. Why you say that, Will? Because I've seen what David Griffin did in Cleveland. Okay, well, <laughs> because they they have talent. They got more talent than probably any of those other four. Um, do they bring Lonzo back? Do they bring Josh Hart back? Bi is there. They should. Yes. Yes. Okay. Again, I've seen David Griffin in that. <laughs> okay. I know. Um, I know. Okay. Um, um, and and David Griffin and I think David Grubb said this. I heard someone say this, and it's true. 
Alvin Gentry was his guy. They they came up together in Phoenix, and you got him out of there like that, or was it you, Chris? Somebody. Uh, no, it was David Grubb. It was David Grubb. Yeah, yeah, it was David. Yeah, I'm like, that's true. Twenty Wait years. A minute. Twenty years. That's your guy, and you get the job, and you get him out of there. Like, nah. Even before Orlando, because Orlando is clearly a rebuild. So. Now I'm not gonna put I'll put or New Orleans, yeah. That's that's the least attractive. I, I what, what do you say, Andy? Uh, I, I you're saying because of David Griffin. I, I I understand that I'd say Orlando because they don't have talent. <laughs> they don't have Zion, mm-hmm. Brandon Ingram, Lonzo, Josh Hart. They don't have those pieces, you know. They don't have I mean, I think I can answer more people for New Orleans, but Orlando is Orlando, you know. But David Griffin, yeah, you know, but- he's messed up a lot of places, so and even then, what they just did, head coaches probably aren't going to want to go there after what they saw. Apparently, everyone's going to be on a short leash, and now you have members of Zion's family saying that they don't want him in New Orleans. Like, all that stuff will come up. Yep. And I, I think Josh Reddick, JJ Reddick, excuse me, JJ Reddick, what JJ said when he yep. was, what, traded? Yes. Yeah, traded. Mm-hmm. To Dallas. And yeah, traded to Dallas. And he went public on his podcast, Today's today's Athlete, <laughs> at their own podcast. Um, he said that he's not sure how many teams, how many players and player agents will trust New Orleans front office, David Griffin, because of how, specifically how they treated JJ. Because many teams who have vets, they try to, you know, Veteran players at the end of their careers on younger teams, teams with younger players, want a chance to win championship. Most of them. Most, not all. You know, you know that all those who don't, I don't want to mess with on my team. They want a chance right. to win championship. So teams try to send them to a team that has a championship opportunity. JJ, according to JJ, the one of the management told him in the offseason. We are going to do that. If we're going to send it to a team with a championship shot or send it to the East Coast, super close to your family. According to JJ, that's what they told him. That's what he thought. They went back on their work. So bring that up, Will. That point adds more to you what you said about David Griffin and New Orleans being seventh among that, the seven teams at openings. Mm-hmm. Because how many players want to go there and stay there? Because, you know, if you're traded there, you, know, you, you don't have much of a say. But once you're a free agent, deuces, you know, yeah. you're out. Yeah. yeah. I mean, this happened. I mean, Chris Paul won it out. Anthony Davis won it out. So it's not just what I currently see. It's, it's yes, David Griffin, but that organization, that franchise, the, I mean, the, the law of the lid, I don't I don't know, but people do not want to stay in New Orleans. And now you have Lonzo and Josh Hart up. Do they want to come back? That's B.I. I mean, B.I. just got his, his max contract, but conversations and discussions are he is on the block and, 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 and from some outlets. So I don't, I don't know. I don't, but yeah. It's a lot of uncertainty.
really there. And like, and, and Andy just said it. You brought in a coach and after one year he's gone. So who wants to really go there? I mean, sure, exactly. somebody's going to take the job. Don't get me wrong. But... Okay, it gets me to, uh, to another question. Will any of these seven openings be filled by a woman? And qualified, mm -hmm. Becky Hammond, Teresa Weatherspoon, Dawn Staley mentioned in Portland. Any of those, mm -hmm. any of those seven will go to any of those women. Mm -hmm. I say no. Yeah. I, I would I say no. Them. I mean, Kara Lawson, potentially in Boston, but you know, the the three names in Boston were most prominently are um Udoka, Chauncey, Udoka. Chauncey Billups, Darvin mm -hmm. Ham. So yeah. Those are the three names there. So Kara Lawson, you know, they missed a shot with her as a former assistant in Boston. Uh oh, Will froze again. But yep. Frozen. So so No, but I agree. I don't I don't see it happening and not this this year. And I hate to say it. It I feel like when that day comes it might be not, it probably is not going to be the best ideal situation to take. I, I think the best opportunity is Becky Hammond in San Antonio. I think right. Pop is going to retire. You know, I think mm -hmm. Pop's going to retire soon. And I think Becky Hammond will, will get that job. So I don't, I don't, that's, that's what I, I think. You know, and, and Pop might have, you know, spoken to Becky and said, just just wait here. I'll be done in a year. You know, something like that. Maybe he'd already spoken to her about mm -hmm. that. But she she was the hot name not too long ago. And and now she's gone in terms of prospects. You don't even. I, I just think it was all PR. That's what I think. I think. These names, Becky Hammond is a PR move, Teresa Weatherspoon, PR move, Don Staley, PR move, Carol Loss, PR move. I don't believe any of these NBA owners are going to take a shot at a hiring woman, even though I think they should. I think, I think Becky Hammond is qualified to coach, be a head coach in the NBA. But I do believe, well, I don't know if you heard it, when we were logging back in, I think she'll get the Spurs job. I think she's going to replace Pop. Oh, not not, not, not yet. Now his audio's down. Okay, just do some restart. We reboot. You're going yeah. to have to, yeah. Yeah, you still, you still, we still don't hear you, man. Yeah. That's back to back weeks. We have technical so, difficulties. So yeah, just do what you got to do. We'll, we'll keep talking, but yeah, Andy, because if we'll, if you can hear us, just. Prepare for, for this when you come back to us. We can hear you because I don't know what. Let me, let me move you and come back and see that see if that works. But let's talk name, image, likeness. It's let's see. We got nineteen. What is it? How many states is it now that have it? Uh, six or so will be effective July first. Name, mm -hmm. image, and likeness. The state of Texas governor signed it uh, Monday or Tuesday of this week for name, image, and likeness to go into effect on July 1st. My issue is with the NCAA. Mark Emmert, 
I respect the title. I respect his position. I think he's awful at his job. I, I, I've, I've said that for years on previous, on numerous podcasts in the past. Mm-hmm. They waited too long to get this done. They've known about this issue for years. I don't know why they waited, decided to wait for the politics, politicians to get involved. And like that was going to be a panacea. And now today, Mark Emerson sent out a statement to the members, D1 members, well, all the members, NCA members, one, two, and three, that if they don't reach an agreement, he's, he's going to put forth something for the student assets. That's how I refer to student athletes, student assets and name, image, and likeness uh, by July 1st. Mr. Emmert, you had three, four years to get this done, sir. Why are you shocked that it's taking this long? Why are you shocked? Why have you made this happen? Thoughts? Um, can you guys hear me? Yes, sir. Yeah, I mean, he summed it up pretty well. Yeah, okay. we can. Yeah. Okay, go ahead, Andy. Go ahead. And he froze, or that I freeze today? No, uh, no, I'm, I'm good. No, no, he, yeah, just, it's just choppy. Go ahead, go ahead, Will. You, you, oh, will you my yeah. screen frozen? Um. You know what? I'm going to probably take an unpopular take on the name, image, and likeness. Um, but I'm okay. I, I got broad shoulders. I got LeBron shoulders. I'm okay. <laughs> um, but no, um, I, I agree with by all means. I agree. I understand student athletes. They, yes, they, they, well, I'll say this. Girl, who's benefiting from this narrative that college athletes don't get paid? Because I, they do. They have stipends. And for example, I'll give you three examples. Uh, early 90s, uh, someone very close to me lived with a Division One athlete who was on scholarship, and their stipend was $800 a month on top of room and board, mm-hmm. on top of scholarship, books, tuition. Every two weeks, they got a $400 check. Uh, fast forward to the early 2000s, um, someone else close that I, um, I'm uh, acquaintances with. Their son was recruited by Division One school, signed a national letter of intent. Their stipend was $1,500 a month. Now, $2,200 a month for a Division One student athlete stipend. But this narrative that they don't get paid, it's like, well, yeah, yes, they do. Now, is it the hundreds of thousands or thousandaires or millionaires? No. And I don't know that any athlete is asking for that, but the premise of of, a, of an organization uh, hijacking your name, image, and likeness—I get it, I do, and I understand that. I yes, you should have rights to your name, image, and likeness, but I can see issues with the implementation of of, of it across the board. Say, for example, you have a Division one student athlete, a football player, who has practice, but at, by a one, who's going to negotiate this deal with said entity that's going to pay this student athlete for this his name, image, and likeness? And then let's say it, it goes well, and then the student has a practice, but yet the organization or the business that's paying him for his name, image, and likeness for an appearance. Hey, we need you at uh, Big Booster Chevrolet for autograph signing. We'll have to go to practice. 
So do you not go to practice to fulfill this obligation for name, image, and likeness? Well, I, I can see it, it's a lot of gray area there. But sure. again, the premise, I understand. I'm not, by any means, am I saying the NCAA is right from withholding the opportunities from math. I'm not saying that. I'm simply saying name, image, and likeness. Yes, you should have access and control of your name, image, and likeness. I could just see issues with the implementation of the law. Andy, what do you say? Andy? Did I freeze? Okay. It's like a delay, but yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. Okay. Uh, I mean, Chris, you, you summed it up pretty well in terms of it's probably taking way too long for this to happen. Uh, but I kind of wanted to add one thing with what Willie said. And another potential problem with, with what I'm seeing is it kind of seems like all the schools are in charge on making up their own different name, uh, name image, like this program. And that's just going to cause more gray area. Because if one school has a different policy and another has a different, especially now with the way the transfer rules are and everything, I mean, that there's going to be some issues. There's going to be some controversies controversies and then you're gonna have you know this kind of brings in the gray area where shoot people are gonna use everything to recruit and you're gonna have some people say no leave that school you come over here you're gonna be able to have more opportunities you're gonna have the chance to make more money and stuff like that so with everything there's gonna be drawbacks i do think that athletes should be able to profit off their own name image and likeness especially i can't remember the specifics but when was it it was it's a while now where that one it was one athlete who started making money off his YouTube channel that had nothing to do with you know any sponsors or anything like that and that was against NCAA rules like that that's ridiculous but I do see I don't like how the NCAA kind of leaves it on the school I feel like there should be one uniform policy across the entire NCAA agreed and and that's that's the issue that I have, because Will, you're right. You know, some schools have stipends, bigger stipends than others. Yeah, that's an issue, and I know that. I've known that for years in covering college sports. Yeah, my my thing is, NCA owns the image and likeness of the student assets in perpetuity. Perpetuity. I got a problem with that. Sure. Andy, Absolutely. I agree with you about the schools it's up to the schools the conferences even the, the conference a conference is not because they have different schools in different states so different statutes mm -hmm. laws bills apply for different in different states so the american can't put out a blanket statement to their members say okay this is what we're going to do for name image likeness abc through xyz cincinnati was the first aac school to announce their program then SMU and then South Florida. That's Ohio, Texas, Florida, three different states. Three, I think, and I think two of the three are using one third party differently from the other mm -hmm. one. So that's going to be a problem. U of H is talking about what they're going to do. Who knows what they're going to do in terms of what third party they're going to use for compliance, gotta have compliance as well. 
That's an issue. That's why I go back to the NTA. Why are you putting this on your member schools? You've known about this for so long, but you, eh, well, let's kick the can down the road and let's wait for somebody else to do it for us. And then we'll just make changes based on what, based off what they do by what they say. That's not how an effective organization functions. And that's my, I mean, Mark Emmert. I'm, I'm flabbergasted at the board of directors wanting to keep him and bring him back. This man's name is Whoa. Mud. Everywhere else outside of the NCAA. <laughs> Everywhere else. His name, mm -hmm. who, who respects him outside of the board of governors? Who believes he's well, done a good know, job? No, I, I don't even think it's that. Um, Chris, I think it's he takes the shots that they don't have to. The board of directors are like, yeah, Mark Cameron, they don't care. His name is is muddy. They hey, we're talking about Mark Emmer. Who's on the board of directors with NCAA? I, I would have to, I don't know off the top of my head, but we're not talking about them. Mark Emmer yeah. is taking every shot that's directed or meant for them. So they're like, Yeah, go ahead, extension contract, yeah, give it to him. Give it to him. And he, he's getting well compensated, you know. For that. For absolutely now for for that. I won't hate on it. So you're getting paid well to take those hits that the board of governors won't take. Don't take. Yep. So yep. get that money in that sense, but let the student assets get their money as well off their name, image, and likeness. And please, for goodness sake, stop acting and behaving as if side deals don't happen in the NTA. <laughs> My goodness. Mm -hmm. College sports been around 100 years. Side deal has been going on for 100 years. Really? I mean, absolutely. Absolutely. You know, stop behaving, stop thinking in that old mindset of student athletes. They're not employees. They put in more work in their chosen athletic sports, their sport, than they do in the classroom. Many of them. They got to work out. They got to, you know, lift. Then they got to practice on the court. Then they got to do study hall. Then they got to do this, that, other. And they, you know, and, and they got to work their class schedule around their practice schedule. <laughs> I mean, so, well, you know, what's, what does it, what, what does the commercial say? 300,000 NGA student athletes and only 0.2% go on to pro careers and, and, we are the NCAA and okay, whatever. <laughs> come to come to reality, come join us in the real world, and then maybe you, you'll re realize that things aren't exactly like you think. No, no, not exactly. Aren't like you think they are. Fellas, Hawks 51, tickets 47 at the half. Ben Simmons played nine minutes in the first half. Three fouls in those nine minutes, four points. Two rebounds, one assist, two for five from the floor, zero free throws. Tyrese Maxey, 18 minutes, four for seven from the floor, six boards, one assist. He was a plus eight. He scored nine points. Tobias Harris scored 12. Team out 12 points. Thank you. Five for 10 shooting, yes. 
Uh, let's see. For the Hawks, leading scorer, mm-hmm. Trey Young scored 20. 8 for 15, 20 points in 20 minutes. Kevin Herter was next with 15 points in 22 minutes on 6 of 8 from the floor. Clint Capella, 4 for 8 from the floor. Clint had 5 rebounds. Trey Young had 20 points, 7 assists. That's how you do it. You get teammates involved, and you score when the opportunity presents itself. Quickly, Clippers, Utah. Does Mike Conley make a difference? If he if he plays game six, does he make a, a positive impact to force game seven? I think absolutely he does. If Donovan Mitchell plays, because now Donovan Mitchell's banged up, and I think he's going to be – have they announced? Is he still a game time decision? I think right as of now, he's a game time decision. I think he's going to play. I mean, that's me. Yeah. He's not one hundred percent. Ankle still bothering him. You know, close our game. If if he can walk, he's going to play. I think that's why Mike Conley's going to play as well. Okay, assuming they both play, does Utah force Game Seven? I feel like they should be able to, just in terms of Kawhi being out. You saw what happened in Game Five with El you know, Paul George showed up, but he had Marcus, or Marcus Morris is on the the Clippers. Right, correct? Mm-hmm. he had a big game. Reggie Jackson's turned into a a big time shot maker down the stretch. Whenever any teams going back to the Maverick series and now against the Jazz, whenever they make a run, he's done a good job of hitting timely shots. Zubac has given the Clippers good minutes. Is that sustainable? That's the question. That's, that's my question. Will Marcus mm-hmm. Morris score 25 again? Will he shoot well from three again in, in game six? Because once again, Donovan Mitchell tweeted out, let's go an hour ago. So I think he's going to play. Mm. Yeah. yeah, I think the medical staff doesn't want to sit him down anymore. He's had issues with the medical staff before about him and his availability and having against game one against Mitchell. It's a controversial decision made by that. So I think he plays, but I think uh, I think it's before I heard how he was playing, I think Utah does force game seven. I think they do. I, I, and I'll say this, not only force game seven, I say they win it. I say it's Utah Phoenix. Okay. Andy, what say you about that? Does Utah win the series in seven? Uh, you know, lo- logic, I, I feel like Utah should I feel like, especially with Kawhi going down, they have the better team. I don't know. I feel like it's about time. There's, I feel like it's time for the Clippers to finally make it to the conference finals. They have two chances. They have game six at home. And just the way the team's been playing overall, they're a much more vet team than in years past. And they have to rely on Paul George, who had a good game, game five. Can he repeat it at least in one of those two games? I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go do with it, the Clippers. Andy. Do it. Do it. Close it out in six. Ooh, he's got to win it tonight. In six. Okay. Well, Clippers lose. lose I tonight. think if they lose tonight, it's over. <laughs> I think if they okay. lose tonight, the Jazz win the series. I don't see them losing in Utah again, especially if well, unless it's somehow Kawhi's plays, but I, it doesn't yeah. seem like it. And that's you know, it was reported that I think Shams was first to report that sources say Kawhi had torn his ACL. The Clippers have not confirmed that. 
they're not it's just a knee injury mm -hmm. they just said Kawhi's off for game six no detail no specifics or anything like that i got utah win tonight because i want to see if marcus morris can do it again i want to see if reggie jackson can do it again on offense he's, he's played he scored well he, he has done that and i've bashed reggie a lot of times because i've seen him stink it up in detroit a lot <laughs> <laughs> but that's more that's more defensively and, and there's a whole bunch of other issues you know but uh he's playing well now i want to see him do it again but utah it's gonna just find a way that's just what playoffs is all about just find a way to win just win by a point i think they're gonna find a way to win tonight and then seven game seven utah in seven they'll find a way again to win in seven so and but let's talk as we close it out Chris Paul, COVID. Apparently, apparently, he was vaccinated. I don't know what it was. If he got both shots, or, or, or what? If he just got the Johnson and Johnson, or you know, Pfizer or Moderna, whatever. That was, you know, maybe a month or two ago in the past. But apparently, he he was the one because NBA and the Play Association weekly sends out a release about with an update of the COVID positive test results. This week, it was one player tested positive. We all think that was Chris Paul. I don't, and we don't know if Chris Paul is showing symptoms. If the Jazz Clippers go seven, game seven would be Sunday. Game one, I think, would not be until Tuesday. You know, if Chris Paul is not showing symptoms, and if he retests and all those things, he might be able to play Tuesday. You know, he'd be out. But the announcement was Wednesday, I think. Mm -hmm. well, so Wednesday. that's six days. You know, if he's test negative since then, he might be able to play in game one if it goes game one starts on Tuesday. But what do you what do you think? What are your thoughts on that? Doesn't matter for game one if he only misses one game of the seven game series. Yeah, I think so. I, I do, because I think you want to set the tone. I mean, Phoenix is on a roll right now. And they have the, the home court advantage. If no, no, if it's Utah, then no, they would be in Utah for game one. So right. I, I, I take mm -hmm. that back. So, it, yeah, in that respect, it's even more so. On the road, game one, without without CP3, yeah, you got to have it. You got to have it. All right, Will, I, I think June 22nd, you are going to mm. be where, sir? Where are you going to be? I'm going to be in Cleveland, Ohio. At the Cavs annual draft lottery party. <laughs> annual. Yep. Annual. Annual. Yes. And it's it's good. It's a big day for the Rockets. Mm -hmm. Because if they're not a top four, they lose the pick to OKC. And they'll pick 18th. Either top four. Or 18th. <laughs> so it's a big day for the Rockets. It's a big day for the Pistons. They can't fit. They, well, they don't lose their pick to anybody. They can pick no lower than sixth. Top four or no lower than sixth. Rockets no longer fifth, but if they pick fifth, they lose that. It goes to OKC. So I look forward to your report, sir. I look forward to, to that. And how can folks find you on the internet? They will find me on uh, social media platforms, Will Gibson 7. Instagram as well as Twitter. Uh, Facebook is Will Knows, the Will Knows Podcast. 
Can I say one thing that I missed when I we got cut off? Sure. Real quick, and I tweeted this yesterday. Seven. We were talking about the job openings. Seven. Seven job openings for head coaches in the NBA. Twenty-three percent of the league. If Mark Jackson does not have a head coaching position in the NBA at the end of this hiring cycle, that's the tweet. I'll leave that as the kids say. Right, Andy? That's the tweet. I'll leave that there. Well, real quick, Seth Curry's gone off. Starts third quarter. He's hit three three three-quarters. Joel Embiid's hit one. So Philly has blitzed the Hawks with four threes in the first two minutes and change to take an eight-point lead, 59-51. Ben Simmons got some assists. He got three assists on on the buckets that Seth hit the Seth three-pointers. That's what I'm talking about right there, Ben. Get the ball to your teammates who can make shots. Get them involved. That's what this. That's winning basketball. That's what this, too many people make basketball <laughs> complicated. That I mean, that really comes. Too many people make basketball sports complicated. And speaking of complications, I'm, I got to go back to. I got to bash the Bucks. Yes, they, you know, fourth the series goes seven. Hmm. Hmm. James Harden is injured. We all see it. Why aren't the Bucks attacking James Harden over and over and over? He can't move laterally. Do not put him in the post because in the post, he's still strong enough, especially lower center of gravity. Well, it doesn't bother him. You know, Giannis didn't have a great low post game, so... You got to make James move. Make him move on defense. Don't have PJ stand in a corner. The Bucks are making this too hard. James is injured. Kyrie's out. KD is great. Was sensational in game five. Mm-hmm. He cannot do it by himself. Make James Harden the one-legged player he is. Make it seems get to the point that it's so obvious that they have to take him out where james man you just they're attacking you all the time man we, we can't we can't win with you being you know getting beat like this on defense do that drew holiday stop settling for awful jumpers that james part. is defending you come on drew i thought you were better than this come on this is basketball this, this is this is pro sports if your opponent is injured, that's an advantage you need to exploit. Don't ignore it. Don't make it easier for your opponent. You need to capitalize on that. That's an advantage. That's what good teams do. That's what great teams do. They take advantage of any opportunity. Coach Bud, come on, man. This series should be over. This should be over. But it's not. So we got... Game seven. I picked Milwaukee from the rip. So I got a rock with them. Oh, Brooklyn and Mo- I, I got picked a, Brooklyn I got a rock from the beginning. So. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, you did. I picked. I picked I the picked Bucks. Them in seven. Yep. I picked the Bucks. I'm not going to change it. I'm going to pick the Bucks. I I am not confident in that pick at all, based on what I've seen, based on the coach, you know, but. If Chris Middleton 
goes back to the Chris Middleton of games one and game two, Nets going to win tomorrow. If it's Chris Middleton from game five and game six, the Bucks should win. But, my goodness, Kyrie's out. He's not playing. Yep. That means Brooklyn's depth takes a hit. Brooklyn's offense takes a hit. Blake Griffin is a shell of who he used to be. When you're not attacking James Harden, attack Blake Griffin. That's two of their starting five that can't move. That's two advantages right there. <laughs> it's like <laughs> gifts for you to take advantage of, but they're refusing to do it enough. You know, Giannis with his one Euro step drive that sometimes he can get by Blake and sometimes he does it, he can't get by Blake. Jeff Green does a better job against Blake than against Giannis than Blake does because Jeff can move a bit better than Blake. I picked the Bucks to win the series. I hope I'm right, but I, I, I have no confidence in them getting it done this Saturday. I think it's going to be good ratings because of game seven. You know, you got Kevin Durant, you got Giannis. But I, I, I hope if the Bucks lose, it's because they gave they did everything they could and just lost to a, a better team that in game seven. I hope it's not because they blew a huge lead again and collapsed, you know, just just gave the game away. But I'm not a Bucks fan and I'm media, so I, you know, I don't care if they win or lose, but my prediction was Bucks beat the Nets. Sixers up up ten, fellas. Game yeah, seven on Sunday. Hitting threes. They're hitting threes, yeah. They've made. Uh, let's see. They've made. I think what four threes in the in the third quarter in the first six minutes. So you know they're up 10, 66, 56. Okay, if that goes set over yet. Oh well, we know that. Yeah, Philly has blown leads all throughout this series. So you know, <laughs> no, lead is, no lead is safe. Uh, no. If it goes seven, what you got? Philadelphia, <laughs> I have to imagine they if they can pull this out, not drop. They got their double digit lead back in Philly. Come on, the unexperienced Hawks. I feel like that'll finally catch up to them. But you never know. These, I don't know if it's this postseason <laughs> in particular, but all these teams, they're just so unpredictable. Like you'd expect Philadelphia to, if they can win Game Six, they should have it at home. They had a 26-point lead in Game 5 and couldn't win that one, so you never know. It's I want to say is. Philly. Uh, yeah, it is. You see it, right? You see it. It's written all over my face. Rude boys. Never mind. Um, I know. But, yeah, uh, I got you. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, oh, by the way, let me tie this up. Can you stand the right? It was 1988. Oh, 88. Oh, okay. Right. Wow. Um, I was 16 and and it was nowhere around. <laughs> nowhere. I was 13. I was 13. Yeah. Um, <laughs> man, I want to say Philly. I really do. <laughs> <laughs> I really do. But 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 ice tray, man. Uh okay, Philly. Philly. Philly and seven at home. Philly and seven at home. Logically, <laughs> you go with the home team. Right. But can you imagine if they get off to a slow start at home in that first quarter and the fans start booing? <laughs> you know, I mean, 
and even tossing stuff on the court if it's if they're down by 15 <laughs> yes. quarter, you know something like that how would philly respond to that would philly be able to come back if they were down double digits at home in a game seven what this is what we're seeing is there's not a great team in these playoffs the closest to a great team so far is phoenix you know they were the healthiest but now cp has got COVID, so we don't know how long he's going to be out it may just be a game what if it's the whole series we don't know about all that it's been an, an intriguing playoffs so i'm picking philly in seven i mean heck i did i think i picked when we did this what two weeks ago i think i picked it in five you because I, thought, I think I, you know the matchups i believe too much in doc rivers and ben simmons i drank that kool-aid and now my eyes have been opened up wide wide open about ben simmons and his lack of overall game so philly in seven i mean i gotta go with my pick you know but uh we'll talk more andy how's the job going so far man a lot of head of information is going great. I just I I'm busy. <laughs> a lot of traveling. Of first two days, I have to be in Austin. Um, actually, I got there on Sunday and I spent the two days there. But a lot of orientation. They threw a lot of information at you. Uh, finally got to be in the in the Houston branch or the Houston office. I'm gonna be in Wednesday and I've got to hang a bit. Actually, got my first story published with them today. It was just a quick brief on a. You know, it's a cool. They're, they're having a new golf course in, in just east of downtown Houston, like right on the bank of Buffalo Bayou. I didn't. Okay. So that's something cool that they have. Do you golf? golf? course in a restaurant. Apparently, they're building a complex. I do not. I have never gone to golf. I've done mini golf, <laughs> not in a golf course. Will, do you golf? Um, I have sticks. I have sticks. When was the last um, time you used them? Not as much. Um... Oh, probably about, oh, late last year, about October. It got warm here. It was like 73. So I took a bump, went to the range and, and hit a bucket. So yeah, October. I used to have some, some sticks years and years ago. Me and a few of my friends went through that phase. We, we all had a set, you know, one of the four of us really, really got bit by that bug and he, you know, took it further than, than the rest of us, but went to the driving range a few times, embarrassed myself a few times, but, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's different. You know, I wouldn't mind going to the range. I have not been on a course. Mm -hmm. I would not mind going back to just drive range and just hit a few balls and watch them fly all around, you know, scare some people, you know, <laughs> right. right. I'll tell you how, how, how far I hit it. But, uh, you know, when I struck it well, you know, but, yeah, that's definitely something you have to do consistently yes. because you you will lose that the swing, everything quickly. All right. As we close it out with three people talking sports on Houston Round Bar View and Facebook and Facebook, uh, Houston Round Bar View's Facebook page. It's a seven-point game. Hawks trail the Sixers. About four minutes left in the third quarter. 
Uh, we're going to keep doing these and lead up to the start of basketball season. I might sing again next week. If you missed it, just go back to the first couple of minutes. I did sing those open lines from King Santa Rain. I'm going to hold off on my next uh, next week when I sing lines from one of my favorite songs by Ephraim Lewis, Drawing In Your Eyes. So, yeah, I hope I, if AJ Jones, if you missed it, man, I'm going to send you the link so you can see it for yourself and hear it for yourself. But uh, thank you, fellas, for your time, as always. Will, oh, I yes, did sir. you. Andy, how can folks find you on, on social media? They can follow me on Twitter at Aonis underscore five, and then everywhere else it's just Aonis uh, five, no underscore <laughs> on Instagram and on Facebook. But we did not get to record. Uh, obviously, our, our podcast pod time and jam on slam and jam like the old five time teams of the eighties for U of H. But we have not recorded an episode this week. We're trying to get a couple of guests on as we continue trying to. Great content throughout the summer, but yeah, this week's been hectic for me. So it's 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 different. It's difficult to get guests lined up in the summer. I I got feedback from one person's yeah. PR department today, so hopefully get that person interviewed. Uh, still haven't heard from my queen. Set her up for an interview. Scheduled up with her for an interview. Got a few other people. I did interview uh, <laughs> Rice Out women's basketball coach Lindsey Edmonds. That interview is on my YouTube channel, Houston Round Bar View. Um, they they signed a, a transfer from Wright State, Will. Oh, Alexis okay, Stover yeah. today. So, yeah. So, signed her announcer today. Um, U of H women will be in Cancun for a, a tournament Thanksgiving Thursday through Saturday. Um, might surprise some folks and be there for that. Working on trying to make that happen <clears throat> because Baylor will be there. Baylor. Man, Chris, that's when I wish I was still at the Cougar. <laughs> So, yeah, you know, UCF from Americans also going to be there. And while that's going on, the men's team is going to be in, in Maui for the Invitational there. So good things for both of the men's, U of H men's basketball programs. I got to say this. I'm a businessman. You know, I finally started to promote more of my work uh, as a web affiliate for fanatics.com. Uh, I got team links. On my site, HoustonRoundBarView.com, specific team pages where you can go buy your gear for these teams like U of H, Rice, TSU, Texas Southern, um, Texas Longhorns, Texas a Aggies. If you, as long as you go to the links posted on my website, HoustonRoundBarView.com, I do earn a commission on that. And if you got a team, your favorite team, you like their specific link, just hit me up. And if it's available on, on Fanatics, I'll send it to you. And you get your you give your favorite team, you'll be happy, and I get some commission out of that too. So it's all good. It all works together. We're all in this to, uh, together. I'm Chris Gardner of the Houston Round Bar View, HoustonRoundBarView.com, Houston Round Bar View on YouTube, Houston Round Bar View on Instagram, Twitter is the HR Review. Gentlemen, thank you very much once again for for joining me. It was good to chop it up. We went long today. Uh, that's fine. Because I mean, this is a lot. We can do what we want to do. So yeah, so yeah, so we can we can do this again. We'll try to do again. Uh, I guess next Friday, or we'll, we'll work it out. We'll schedule it again and just try to build the audience. We had some folks tuning in more, and hopefully, word to get around. We'll get more people 
popping in in and out right now as we're going past the 60 minute mark so i'm not sure what that means i don't know <laughs> i don't know if that's if that it's good to start later you know these are the these are the night owls or folks who, who got got off work or or they read andy's tweet about it or they heard about they heard that <laughs> I, I, I sang in the first two minutes of the show and they missed it and trying to that's what it, that's it what again it you know what well, yeah. if you miss my singing it's got to wait for the 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 uh, rebroadcast of the the live stream to be on on Houston Round Bar View on YouTube, but uh, did I do okay? Oh yeah, for sure. You did great. Absolutely. Okay, Mike Conley is available to play, so Mike's going to play yep. too. Mike and Donna Mitchell are playing tonight. All right. Mm -hmm. So, Jazz away game six. So, it's fun. It has not been. The prettiest basketball these playoffs, a lot of injuries, and you know it's been attrition, but that's okay. We're still watching. We're still talking about it, and it's fun. We're enjoying it. We're, yeah. we're going to keep doing it, and, and I think hopefully the more we do these these shows, these live streams, we'll start. Um, we'll, we'll begin taking some topics from viewers, and we'll just kick around and chop it up with that. And, and will you know you being a Big Ten guy, you. Can, Toss him when the season starts and talk some Big Ten hoops. And I'll Andy, you, you know, you're not with the Cougar anymore. You're in, you're in the real world, but you can still talk U of H hoops. <laughs> so, sure. we, we know we'll just keep doing that. And we got a question, a YouTube question. You think Conley will significantly help the Jazz against the Clippers? Significantly? I don't know about that, but his presence will help. Yeah. I, I think, think I think it could be help. significant. Yeah, can you guys hear me? By the way, yeah, go ahead, yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. Um, yeah, I was gonna say I think it does significantly just because it makes Donovan Mitchell. It allows Donovan Mitchell to be off ball a lot more. He doesn't have to worry about. He can just focus on being a scorer and creating when he has to, not being forced into that point guard role. I feel he's a lot more comfortable off ball, not having to worry about setting everything up. So I think it'll be a big addition for the Jazz. And like I said, no Kawhi. The pressure's on the role players to of the Clippers to have another good game because if they don't, uh, Paul George is a good player, but he can't do it by himself. And the Jazz are a real good team, so I think it's big for Utah. Yeah, you know, I think it's it's common. It's really common sense. And we, again, we we make things difficult when you when a team loses a player to injury this year, COVID, it impacts the rotation. And it, it, you know, and that that is that's a factor. You know, it impacts the minutes for guys who were not used to getting a lot of minutes. So Mike Conley coming back will help stabilize the rotation. Will help return guys to rules roles they're accustomed to. So I think that will help. Um, but I will say this: it's on the Clippers to attack Mike Conley. Let's see how healthy the hamstring is. Let's see how much you can do side to side. We're going to make you work. We're going to make you move around and chase us. It's on them to do that. Don't do the Bucks. Don't do what the Bucks are doing. You know, make Conley move. Make him mobile. <laughs> and if Mike, if the hamstring is still iffy and he can't move side to side and he can't play a lot of minutes, then his absence and he, if he has to miss the rest of the game, then that will hurt Utah. But that's on the Clippers to to do that. 
don't have Mike Conley defending somebody in the corner, just standing out there, you know, resting. You know what what the what James, what the Bucks do for James Harden. So we'll see if Ty Lue and the staff does that. Should be a fun one. We got how much time we got left in the game here? It's it's now a five point game with twenty five seconds left in the third quarter. Sixers are leading. So fourth quarter should be fun. So let's close it out and we go watch the fourth quarter. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for the comments that we did get on YouTube. This is going to grow. This mm -hmm. is our goal to grow and, and we're going to just have fun with it. And hopefully at some point, the more we grow, we'll get to a point where we have sponsors. I mean, you know, why lie? It's business. It's fun. But if we can make some money out of it, hey, why not? Let's do that, too. So thank you for the question. Thank you for tuning in. Guys, thank you once again for for joining me. And it looks like we had a we had a blue shirt to buy. Yeah, I was going to point. <laughs> yeah, we did. Yeah. <laughs> so just one of those things, but uh, but yeah, I, I feel underdressed because y'all got on collars, and I just got on you know my poetry or die shirt from back in the day. But maybe you know once we get really big and successful, I'll we'll start dressing up with collared shirts and things like that, like like to do like the big time <laughs> folks do on TV. Get to that Why level. So we, we, hey. Let's aim high. Let's do that. Yeah, absolutely. All right, fellas. Let's go watch the uh, fourth quarter. Y'all take care, and we'll see you next week. All right, boss. Appreciate you. Sure.